taking a break for some goddamn anime to do this goddamn podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Are Your Parents Proud of You? I am your host, Matthew Schufreiter. Today, I am speaking with comedian St. James Jackson, an extremely talented Chicago-based comedian who has one goal, greatness. That was not me. That was on, That is on his website. That's what he wants you to know about him. Now, for this interview, we did not go to Zoom. We did not go to the Golden Apple. We did not go to uh, your coffee shop. This episode, we met in person at the Second City. James has a show there every Saturday called Chill AF. Every Saturday, 9 p.m. So I went all the way to the Second City to meet with James, St. James, excuse me, uh, about an hour and a half before the show. And we talked all things comedy, how he got started, and just the feelings we have before the show. So without further ado, here's my conversation with St. James Jackson at the Second City. She's the mom. Yeah, but yeah, everyone else looks familiar. I was say, how, how old is this part of the building? Do you know? Oh, I have no, no, no clue. And I didn't really know they haven't pushed out a star like this from this building in a, in a second. Maybe Chris Red. He's not a star, star. No, star. but what was the last time he was? How long ago was he here before Chris second? Chris Red here? Yeah. Probably at this point. He he was gone when I started comedy, kind of sort of. So it has a bare minimum eight to seven years. I would say about ten to twelve. Yeah. Probably like ten to twelve. Probably like ten years. So when I was starting, I guess when I was starting, he would do shows at IO and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he, I think he would do maybe a spot here and there. But he was pretty much done. He was in LA a lot, and then he'll come back here to do spots and laugh at you. So probably like 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Because you aren't always, so because you're, first of all, we're close to the same age. We're both in our mid-20s. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I I saw you a couple weeks ago with uh-huh. the Muse Comedy Studio uh, and just saw you were hilarious and wanted to have you on. Oh, man. Thank you. Yeah. But I always, I think comedians are funny. When did you first think that you were actually funny, that you can do this? Uh-huh. I know that you skipped class one day in high school. You yeah. saw the, like, a talent show sign up, but... And oh, you've done your research. I do. I have done the research, but wow. you, you said, I want to do that. Was it the first time you thought, I could probably be funny? No, I, I thought I was always funny, but I was always like, I had so many different types of insecurities. Funny was the only thing I was like, I know I'm funny. Right. You know, wasn't good at school. Uh, wasn't the prettiest kid growing up. So the one thing I was like, I knew I was goofy and funny and I was good with people. Thought I can do it. Probably high school, because that's when, like, Kevin Hart got big. And right. Then, you know, short, funny black guy. Yeah. And I'm in high school, short, funny black guy. I'm like, there it is. You know? Right. And uh, and then, uh, yeah, that was it. So I, I wish I was like, I, I wish I was like, no, I never thought, no, I thought I could do it. But it was, like, one of the only things I thought I could do to make it, you know, if that puts any humble pie to it. I'm not, like, this right. cocky guy that knew I was funny, but it was to substitute all the other stuff I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And but was there anyone in your family that you thought was funny that, or you thought you could be like? Was your was your parents funny? Was your dad funny? Oh, you don't know. I I say this all the time, and it bugs me. My my peers, my comedy peers, don't like it. He's my close friend. I think I might be one of the least talented people in my family. 
My family, so I, I grew up in church. All my family, like, all them niggas can't can, can, Yeah, go ahead. All them guys, all them niggas can sing, dance. They're good looking. And nah, I've grown to my face, but they're all like, most of my cousins are like 6'2", play basketball, sing, play the drums, you know, funny. And I was just like, I guess I can tell a couple jokes. So I have a talented family. My my dad is so, my dad is very funny. He's funnier than me, which makes me really mad. Right? Really mad. I really he bugs me. My mom's also a character. Both my parents are characters for sure. <laughs> um, did any of them make me think I could do stand up? No. Me think I could do stand up did not come from my family, except my cousin. My cousin, my cousins, yes, they were all go getters. My auntie's uncles, they're very middle America black people. Yeah. Church, go to college, you know, play really sports. Yeah. If I was taller, I probably wouldn't be a comedian. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> if I was 6'2", and everybody said this, I'd be in the NFL or the NBA. You don't want to be monkey, you don't I, want to be monkey balls. Huh? You don't want to be monkey balls as No, I, I, and I'm not good enough to be. So, <laughs> but yeah, it just came from comedy is the only thing I had. I'm being a little, I'm being, I'm underselling myself a little. I think I can do other stuff. I, you're humbling yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I go to every family reunion I go to. It's literally just a sketch comedy reunion the entire Because, like, no one in my family does comedy. Mm. But, like, when you put, like, my dad's... My dad's the youngest of seven boys. Oh, yeah. And so you put all seven together. It's just catchphrase after catchphrase. Mm-hmm. TV or, mm-hmm. oh, look at this. Uh, go back to Nantucket over here. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, hey, Mr. Nantucket over there mm-hmm. is doing something. It's like, well, you're just literally just sitting and mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. wherever you're going. So literally it's just the biggest uh, family sketch in the yeah, world. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing about my family is when I go to, like, family reunions and stuff like that, they, because I am now a comedian and I'm doing someone okay for myself, now they want to pick at me. So now they want to see who really is the top dog. Right. And uh, it's fine. I like it. I was say, that doesn't bug you? No, I don't. It doesn't. It only bugs me in this way. Not when they pick at me. I'm fine with that. I love right. that. But sometimes, every now and then, they will make passive aggressive statements about how they can do what I can do. And they could. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing to me about doing stuff like that. A lot of people could be comedians if it's just, are you funny? It's more like to the craft than funny. Right. Half of it, you know, I think it's just funny if I can yeah. have a topic. Uh, people come to me after shows and go, man, I really, and I, man, like, I really always thought I could be a comedian. I'm like, oh, man, you know, you, hey, you should. Why don't you? Like, I'm just afraid of getting on stage. And I never said this to them. But I go, oh, well, no, it's not as scary as you think. But my mind goes, well, then you can't be a comedian. Yeah. That's half the job. Literally half the reason why I get paid or do what I do is because I'm not afraid. Well, not as much now. Actually, I'm, I'm terrified. But I don't let my fear stop me from going on stage. Mm-hmm. And that's when somebody's like, I can do it. Yeah, you probably could. But you won't. And then that's, that's the only time it bugs me. You're still terrified? No, not, uh, no, not really. Terrified only for bigger shows, and terrified is a strong word. I, I still get the bugs. If it's like a really big yeah. show, yeah, I get the nerves. Because how long have you been doing? If you have a general question, how long you have you so been I doing? Count comedy? the pandemic. Yeah, we can count the pandemic. Well, uh, eight or nine years. So even at this point, like you know, we're recording this. So you have a show tonight. No offense, it's an hour and thirteen minutes. Uh, but. I don't know how it's defense, but you're yeah. you're excited. Um, but you're still getting nervous. Not for my so this show, like I'm doing at nine o'clock. No, because it's my show. Only time I like I get like really nervous is if I'm doing a bunch of new stuff, which every now and then I do just to keep it, you know, keep it keep, fresh, right? Keep it fresh. Or if it's like a show that 
truly matters at this point, which I'm don't I'm not that big, so I do do shows like if I'm in front of industry, if I'm doing a show in front of like industry or uh, in front of a club I've never done, or if I'm or if it's just a bigger club and then like in the state. So yeah, I still get nervous for sure. But like tonight now, because I run this show, and then like like laugh actually is like my home club. I'm I'm there all the time. Yeah. Not as much nervous. But if I'm going, I'm going to L.A. next uh, in a month. I got I did some, I got some stuff at the comedy store. Yeah, I've never done that, so I'm going to probably be like, oh, you know, right. Hopefully it goes well. How long have you been performing here at Second City? Have we asked that? How long? So I've only been running my show here for about six six months. Mm-hmm. I performed here. I've only been performing here for about two years, maybe three. And how long, and when at that point did they come up to you, or did you come up to them and say, I want to host a show here, or I want to run, like, something here for comedians? My, uh, my comedy co-worker actually ran the show here for, uh, before me, mm-hmm. and then he moved to L.A. recently, and things are going on, and so he gave me the show. So before I, the show I ran, I used to do his show often. I used to host, I used to do that. So he gave it to me. Second City, and now I have a good relationship with them, and I'm going to do bigger shows here, but they actually didn't give me the show. Okay. Uh, a peer of mine gave me the show, and then he and then from there took it over and been doing really well since. Yeah, and describe the show. I know it's called Chill AF. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people who don't know what it is, how would you describe the show? Oh, I, it's a, it's a stand up comedy show, but I think it's dope in this sense. I booked some of the best comedians in the in the Chicago. Yeah, and traveling, and then it's a very relaxed feel. So. To me, the difference between our show and like Laugh Factory, I love Laugh Factory, it's my homie, but Laugh Factory is way bigger. It's like a theater type feel, almost like you're going to like a, like you're going to watch a Netflix special. Yeah. Our show to me is where you can see the craft of stand up, not to be too much of that guy, but it's like, it's more, it's intimate. Yeah. Uh, the comedians on top of you, but you're like, you can almost touch them. Mm-hmm. And that way you kind of, you get to feel people do stand up, which to me, we're, we're telling jokes compared to performing. And I think you need both. And sometimes you can do both. I try to do both. Yeah. But, like, in the bigger venue, you want to perform. You know, you want to put a show. But that one, it's almost a little bit, like, poetry. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you these well-thought-out jokes that we're going to have a time together that's intimate in a way that you can't really get other places. Which is what I like. Yeah. I like to do both. I, right. I really love stand-up. That's yeah. cool. I, I kind of want to ask more about you as growing up. So, you know, I know you grew up in Chicago, mm-hmm. but then you moved to Alabama for a while, right, mm-hmm. with your dad? Georgia. Georgia. Okay, yeah. Georgia. Sorry. I'm proud of you. You really have done research. <laughs> you have really caught me off guard. Okay. <laughs> You're okay. Um, how tough was that to go back and forth for that while? Were you going back and forth? Or was it just you went Chicago? You grew up in Chicago, and then you went to Georgia, Georgia. and, and then back. you stayed there for a while, and then came back. So I stayed. I stayed there for a little bit. I came back uh, during summers to be with my father for like a month pe- uh, period of time. It was. It wasn't. It was difficult. Can, can I be honest with you? Yeah. It was difficult in hindsight, in hindsight, but not in the moment. So when I was a kid, and one of, one of the reasons also I got into comedy, I'm just a happy-go-lucky guy. I'll be honest. I'm not a, I'm a very simple guy. Right. I like to love my friends, love hanging, like making jokes. So when I was in Georgia, and I grew up pretty poor and rough and ragged, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, don't, you just know, as a kid, you just know what you are. I mean, you know where you're at. Yeah. So I had a great time in Georgia. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't know my life was rough until I came back to Chicago. So I was born here, left to Georgia when I was like four. Stayed there until I was 13, came back here for high school at 14. So, yeah, that's the boom, boom. 
When I came back here, I stayed with my dad for a year. That was cool. But then he became, he was still my father and decided he doesn't want to be a father. And he kicked me out to my grandma's house. That old trope, you know? Right. So I stayed with my grandma and she was doing well. Well off lady. Good lady. Made me the guy I am. I love her so much. But then when I started staying with my grandma, even my father too, for lack of a thing, I was like, oh, oh, this is how it feels to eat three meals a day and not worry <laughs> if the fucking lights are going to go off tomorrow, right? right. And then that's why I was like, oh, oh, the way me and my mom's living in Georgia is cool, but it's not how you should be living. Yeah. And, and uh, But then that's kind of, if you ever see me do stand-up, I have a little bit of a dark sense of humor. I had a dark life, but that's where it came from. I don't feel bad about it. I don't, right. I don't, don't. I don't want people to pity me by any means. It was cool. It made me a tough guy. And then, yeah. What was the question? I ramble. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, would say what, I would say, what was that like tra- traveling back and forth or living in a certain area for a long time and then having to move back to mm. somewhere that, you know, you're familiar with, but, you know, you're, where you, you're up at five, you don't remember much. Yeah. So, yeah. That was, so, that's how I got to ramble. So, it was, it was, a, it wasn't that, it wasn't that difficult because of the kid. So, you just go, you, you just go, you tell. Right. Coming back to Chicago was a little bit of a shell shock when I moved back because me and my mom was, we moved a lot, was never, was never settled, none, nothing like that. My dad was opposite. Even though he wasn't a good father, he was a very well put together guy. Yeah. So, that was like a shock. So, I came back, I gotta be honest with you, like when I went to high, freshman year, I'm a freshman in high school. He used to dress me. Like, I would wake up, and he have his, my clothes on the bed. he have cologne. he had have my meals made. He, for one year of my life, my dad was top five, <laughs> top ten, top dad of all time. Right. Amazing guy. So, and that was crazy. Because I was like, oh, and like I said, and then coming back here, I went to Lincoln Park High School, predominantly white high school, and I make the joke all the time. Part of the reason I also got into stand-up is because all my white friends were musicians, and they were well off. And then it was the first time in my life I was like, oh, how do I become something in my life? And, and then stand-up was like, that's why I like, once again saw Kevin Hart. I was like, oh, I could be a comedian. I could potentially be good if I try hard. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, boom, boom, boom. And all my friends were cool musicians. And I didn't play. I didn't play. I was in the band. But I didn't play the uh, fucking drums or guitar or anything. I played the fucking trombone. So <laughs> That's a sexy instrument. Yeah, it's okay. I played yeah. sax when I was in. Uh, grammar school, but they didn't let me switch over, which I'm sad. <laughs> so I'm like, I played trombone and baritone, like so low bass. And all my friends are like these like bass players, right. lead guitar players. I'm like, I don't, I want to be in the. I like, I was, I've always wanted to be front and center. Don't know why, because <laughs> nobody paid attention to me. Right. So I, I'm like, what can I do? And then that's got to stand up. But yeah, the change wasn't that hard. It was actually good. The only thing I was shocking, like I said, is having a father take care of my needs. You got this in retrospect. In Georgia, I didn't have a lot of my niece. They also, in the country, I was going around a lot of country white people, which is fine. I think I got used to that. But then I came to the city and started coming around more black people and then more city white people. And that was a fun juxtaposition in a good way. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that first time you did stand-up in high school. Did you have anything prepared? Or was you just going out there just seeing what happens? I, I really wish I could, like, yeah, because most people are like, yeah, I just went up there and just start talking and everybody laughed. Nah. I, since day one, I was like, let me write these jokes out. I got them planned out. So how it happened is uh, uh, senior year, we had a talent show. Yeah. And then I was thinking about doing stand-up. I saw saw the thing, and I think I told my homie about it. And I was like, I think I should do stand-up. And at this point, I was like, I was like the cool kid that skipped class and smoked weed. So I was 
doing that again. So right. That's the, what <laughs> I was we call doing that again. So I was at what we call the benches, right? So yeah. me and all the potheads who are doing nothing with their lives, right? Smoking weed. I'm like, I think I should do stand up, and, they, and they're all high, and I make them laugh. They're like, Yeah, man, do stand up. You should be doing stand up. I'm like, Yeah, I should be doing stand up. And then I went to class, and the one of the few times I went to class, I told some of my other classmates, I'm not going to do stand up. They're like, You should do stand up. And then so I, after that, I told my cousin, everybody's like, You should try it. So I start, start, started, so I started writing jokes and started putting up, to, putting the act together. And believe it or not, so I told some of my teachers, the one I, tr- I trusted about it, and they would let me, um, they would let me run my act at the end of class, which is crazy, right? So my teachers let me run my act at the end of class for my peers, some of them, mm-hmm. and that was cool. And then I, I kind of crafted it. My cousin at the time helped me craft it, and then my counselor, who only lady who believed in me in high school, and I think it's because she was paid to, because I don't know why. She she really kind of sat there. Older, I don't know what ethnicity 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 she was. I think she was she was Asian. I just don't know which Asian. Right. Uh, but she was an older Asian lady, and she was so nice to me. And uh, she helped me help craft my uh, my my act. And then so I did the talent show, which was really cool. And then um, the so this is what happens. They make you audition. Yeah. And then I audition in front of like like, like a couple people. I do like eight to ten. I do like ten minutes. That's cool. Uh, they tell me uh, before, after they tell me like the day before I go up to do the talent show. Let me just say this: I was kind of popular. Yeah, I almost peaked in high school. I'm not gonna lie; I was a popular guy. So. <laughs> I was gonna say if you haven't peaked in high school, like I peaked in high school, and here I am doing this, you know. Like, I mean, I was prom king. And like, if well, I was, you, I was prom king. Guy too. Well, I appreciate, it, but like, once I they put the crown on, I knew my career was over. <laughs> <laughs> like that was it for me. But okay, so you haven't peaked in high school. And what did they tell you after? Uh, uh, so also, also, they. I'm saying that I say this. So the auditorium, auditorium, it was like 300 people, packed, sold out. That's the thing. It was because of me. It was, a, it was a nice lineup. But it was a lot of. It was, my peers were good too. It was a very good show. I got to be honest. But they were here for you. Yeah, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, there's a lot of people there. So I was, it, was, it was buzzing out of town, right? <laughs> so we get there, so they tell me, uh, I can't remember if it was, uh, yeah, they tell me right before the talent show, hey, uh, we need you. I did some jokes about the security guards, the food, the lunch, all that shit. And they tell me, hey, you gotta drop all the jokes about the school, and we don't like it. Mm. And that's right before I like the talent show. So now I'm like, ah. Oh, I don't know what to do. I'm not. It's my first time doing stand-up in front right. of an audience that's not my friends. So then I'm like, fuck, I don't know what to do. And then right, literally right before I go on stage, my vice principal comes up to me. She goes, hey, yesterday you uh, you did like five or ten minutes. I mean, she did, you did ten minutes, which is what I did. Uh, did. So I need you to cut that down to five. She tells me that right before I go on stage. I'm not a professional or anything. Right. My first time touching the stage, she tells me to cut my act in half. Which is, I think, also a compliment. If for your first time you have 10 minutes ready to go, I think that's really impressive and cool. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I, so and so now I'm trying to see how to do that and then also cut, like, my best, all my best jokes were about the school, of course, because I'm related to the crowd. Yeah, you know, play to the crowd, right? So I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I go up there and I do the only thing I can do. I do my act. I do the whole 10 minutes <laughs> with, about the school. I don't cut anything. I don't go under. I go long if anything. Yeah. And I murder in rec- and, and, and um, relative to the moment in Russia. So I've watched the tape. It, it was still good for my first time, but you know, now I'm aware. But in the moment, murdering, just crushing. And, and I remember thinking, 
uh, I don't know what I remember thinking. I remember thinking, holy shit, I did this shit, right? Yeah. And then did well, and then got off stage. And my uh, vice principal was so mad at me. <laughs> so mad at me. But my principal, who hated my guts, one of the best moments of my life, comes to me and she goes, hey, my family, and he has like two beautiful, this is older, middle-aged, oh, no, older white guy, beautiful black wife. Interesting. Beautiful black daughters. And he goes, he comes to me and goes, hey, my family said you was the best one. Wow. And they really liked you. And he goes, good job. And I'm not going to lie to you. I still don't like that nigga, but I gotta, <laughs> I gotta cry. That, that day, I gotta cry real tears. Because it, it's something special about, and I, and I believe, hopefully I can tell him this one day. Yeah. The fact that he didn't, because he did not like me. I was not a good kid. He didn't go, eh. And he actually told, told me that. That really made me feel good. And then that made me feel like I could do this shit. And then, after, and then also, I gotta be honest with you. After that, I was like the king of high school for the back in the mm-hmm. senior year, so you couldn't tell me shit for a while. Yeah, right. <laughs> Again, you still haven't peaked at this point, too. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, I didn't peak. I thought I did. But uh, that didn't happen. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's so cool. And then was, at that point, did you decide, all right, once high school's finished, this is what I'm going to do? Yeah, I definitely decided it. But the problem was when I got out of high school, my uh, grandma made me get a job. And then I was also 18. Yeah. And even though Chicago is a great place for stand-up, and it was a great place then, it's even a better place now. But now it's become way more centralized. A lot of the nerds have come in and organized shit for us. Yeah. Uh, uh, but when I started, I didn't. it was hard to find open mics, and all the open mics were at bars. Mm-hmm. So it's like the beginning of 18, oh, you know what I think happens? This is, this is great. You have asking uh, great questions. So Thanks. 18... I uh, I snuck into a bar. I think it's what happened. And me and my homie were playing. Was at Wicker Park, mm-hmm. and uh, it was an open mic at um at uh someplace in Wicker Park. We snuck in, and then uh, I uh, I end up going. I go on stage, and it's like my first time doing comedy since high school. I, I think I remember it like it's yesterday. And it's like a couple months, three, four months after high school, and I go on stage, and it's all these older white people, uh, and it's older people. They're like middle-aged comedians. Now, in retrospect, at the moment, I didn't know who they were. Who right. they were. So, I ended up going there, and I just bombed. Badly. It was like the first bomb I've had in my career. And it shook me. Mm-hmm. And I think after that, I took like a couple... And it was bad. I remember going there, and like... like, And I was bombing so bad, and I didn't know what to do. I remember like, well, I just turned 18. And yeah. I started telling my jokes about being in high school, and I did okay. But I think people just give it to me because they're like, oh, he's 18. He's 18, he's a kid. Yeah, and then I remember getting off stage, shuck, shuck. And then, and then um, the host goes up, like, hey, things you should do when you're 18. Have sex, drive, travel. Don't sneak into a bar and tell everybody you're 18. <laughs> and everybody dies laughing. Right. And I remember, remember being, like, like, tail tucked between my legs. And I, take, I took a couple months off after that. And then I, I was a bike a delivery driver for a little bit, and then and then I got back into a bike back in eighteen, and then from there I never stopped. Hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, so what were the rules to say? Travel. It was like it was like it was like have sex. Have sex. Uh, 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 I forgot. I forgot. Oh, I just forgot. Did you say travel? Was that one of them? It was travel. Oh, travel. Travel. Just learn how to drive or drive, and then uh, have sex. He said, but what you don't do is sneak into a bar. <laughs> And get on a mic and tell everybody you're 18. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a bad one. Did you go to school after high school, to, like college? Or, or oh, you... yeah. yeah great class. I went to uh, Harold, Washington, Harold, Washington for about a year and a half. Okay. 
Um, I did the open mic there. So I think that's actually why I think actually I got how I got back started was I went to I said I worked for like a month or two. I went to college for like a year, but that year they had an open mic on Wednesdays uh, after I like four or five. And I used to go there and do the open mic, and that got me going. From there, I used to do other open mics. But yeah, 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 I did that. So now let's talk about you now. So what topics? You know, not to pick pick your brain a little bit, but what yeah. topics do you want? To, do you like talking about or writing jokes about? Um, right now, sure. I'm I'm always self deprecating. Yeah, slightly dark relationships, uh, family, and life. Really, on a philosophical level, mm-hmm. and then just also just personal life. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'm very introspective. A lot of self deprecating. Relationships and family is what I like to talk about. I will say when I saw you, and I think you had some other friends with you that night, it is, you know, we're here at Second City, and this is a show that you love doing and you've been part of for a while, but then you go into like a small coffee studio that, let's be I think you've never been before, uh, and you, you're just trying stuff. Like, you literally write it off your phone at times, which I'm not saying, which, oh, is, yeah. which is like, I think that's cool that no matter how far you've been, long you've been doing this, you could bomb. This may not work. You can try it, and and you can read off your phone. Mm-hmm. You don't care at all, mm-hmm. as long as it's funny and it works. Mm-hmm. I I think it's really cool of mm-hmm. someone like you to just say, "What the hell?" Oh yeah, you got to. I mean, that's the game. The one thing I've learned at this point in my life from stand up, a little bit of sales too, but mostly stand up. If you're not willing to bomb, you're not willing. To, not to be a cliche, but it isn't. I, one of my lessons in life, I learned cliches and cliches for a reason. If you're not willing to fail, you're not going to grow. Don't worry around it. And stand up would do that for you because. And Dave says it. Dave Chappelle, greatest. Dave, Chris, whoever you like, they yeah. all tell you. No matter how good you are, you can bomb. You will be humble doing stand up. So the one thing I, and that's also the reason why I still get nervous because I, I know I'm never above. The cool thing about stand up is. No matter how many times you kill, it's always going to bring you back down to earth. Yeah. There's no way around it. But that's the beauty of it, too. Right. I think it's the beauty of the, of the art form. Like, you don't get too high. And I also don't get too low because there's been so many times I've had really bad days in life and family and shit. And I get on stage and try a new joke on and murders. I go, what am I even thinking about, baby? What is, life is a joke. You know what I'm saying? Life is about telling jokes and writing jokes. It's not right. anymore. So... Stand up stand up really has helped me go. I'm always willing to try shit because that's the fun. The fun as an artist, I don't and I uh, hate to be the guy, but I think of myself as an artist. So I don't want to be in a box. I never do. I want to grow and try new things consistently. Mm-hmm. You have a podcast or you've done podcasting? Uh I do have a podcast and I would like to have you on. Thank I you. just started it. Uh it's where it's more like a show, it's not really a podcast. Mm-hmm. Where me and a artist play board games and talk. Right. So, yeah. That's very cool. But um, for well, I always like to ask people, like, why did you get into podcasting or why did you get started with that? Was this become like a side project or has it just become, you know, you've been doing it for a while with your other friends. You just thought people should listen to this. Well, I want to call it a side project. I like it. I think it's something dope. I, I so I say, maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast, is, um, I, I I always wanted to do this show uh, when I was a kid because I, I was a nerd. So I've always wanted to do a show. I, I always wanted to do gameplays and stuff like that. But I, I don't play video games anymore, and I don't have the time for like a whole gameplay. Right. So I was like, and also, a lot of my peers don't play video games like that. 
So I'm like, oh, but I do want to still play games. So I was like, I just want to play games and hang out with my homies and then call it a day. Yeah. So it's a project I've had in my mind since I was a kid. I just finally have the resources to get it done. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Uh, before we play a game, I want to ask one more time about the show. How do you like to get started? I know, again, now we're recording this. You're 53 minutes away from the show starting. Mm-hmm. You have a ritual. Do you know how, how do you like to get set? Do you like having some t- quiet time? Do you have to keep talking to people? Oh, uh, it goes back and forth. So now I'm very loose. When I started, I had to, uh, I, I used to, I have to, so it depends. If it's a bigger show, I, um, I do this weird thing. Like I can't write my set unless it's like, unless it's like a, like a really big show. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the, 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 uh, what do you call it? The classes. I'm going to do the, right. the fan favorites, right? Or whatever that might. Even then, I don't write my set until probably like a couple minutes before I go on stage. But if it's like a like a show show, I just pace. I pace. I usually get a Jack and Coke. I've been sober recently, so now I just pace, uh, talk to myself, kind of be in my head. Uh, sometimes I like to talk to people, but I like to pace, and I try to time out my pasting to whenever I come back to like, come when I pace, I zone out. Right. I, I go in my head. I go whatever dimension I'm in. And then I try to time it to when I come back to reality a couple minutes before I get on stage. That's, That's what. Yes. That's cool. You have time for a game? Yes. All right. We're going to play a game. It's called Time for Two. Okay. And it's two minutes on the clock. And it's two minutes of random icebreaker questions. Oh, there is no right. There is no wrong. I am just curious to see what your opinion is. Oh, thank God. I'm, like, I'm bad at uh, Japanese or whatever you call it. <laughs> I'm really bad. One of those. <laughs> All right. All right. You ready? Yes. Three, oh, three, two, one, go. Karaoke song of choice. Oh, uh, uh, I forgot the name of that song. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, uh, Good Morning by Kanye West. It was not the song I wanted to name, but I can't think of the song. <laughs> what is in your fridge right now? I just went grocery shopping. A lot of fruit, a lot of veggies. I'm a big fruits guy. Nice. Typical bedtime. 11, 11, 12. Mm, 12. Coffee or tea? Tea. What do you like? To, what kind of tea? A green tea. Favorite president? Obama. Who is the greatest game show host of all time? Steve Harvey. Com- comedian icon? Uh, my Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Like my favorite, yeah, yeah. Dave Chappelle. Uh, favorite Beatle? Uh, John Lennon. Is there uh, is there a house of the Rising Sun? Say it again. Is there a house on the Rising Sun? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's your question. That's, that yeah, that, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, is a DJ just someone who's good at iTunes? Yeah. <laughs> um, what would be the an, what would be an animal to have up to the size of a horse? Animal to have up to the size of a horse. I would love a monkey. Would you rather live in an amusement park for life or a zoo? Amusement park. Favorite kind of cheese? Um, uh, cheddar. Swiss. The first thing you do after waking up is? Unfortunately, get on my phone. <laughs> uh, how many times do you wash your hands a day? Three. Is that enough? Three. <laughs> is there a lie that George Santos has said about you? Ha, no. Okay. Is a hot dog a sandwich? That's a great question. No, it's a hot dog. Favorite kind of soup? Um, I don't think I have a favorite type of soup. Toilet paper, over or under? It doesn't matter. Over, over. Brandon or Brandon? Brandon. Do we all live in a yellow submarine? Yes, we do. AC or DC? AC. That's how we play. That was fun. Right? 
uh, St. James Jackson, I've had a lovely time, but my last question to you is, uh, are your parents proud of you? They are. And God damn, I can't believe you got me to say this on record. They are. <laughs> no matter how many jokes I make about them not being, they're very proud of me. That's awesome. I appreciate you having some time to come on. This was a lot of fun. And- All right, great. And that is it for this week's episode, folks. Remember, go to secondcity.com slash shows slash Chicago slash Chill AF to find out more information about Chill AF Presents. Now, next week, there's not going to be a show. We're going to take a few weeks off, you know, spring break, make sure everyone's on the same page, and then we'll be back with a batch of new episodes. But in the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, email us, parentsproudpodcast at gmail.com. Folks, I am Matthew Schufreiter, and I'll see you in a few weeks Maybe when the weather warms up. I have no idea. I'm not God. I just play one on TV. All right. I'll see you then. Goodbye.